Welcome to the Walter Paisley Movie House. I'm here today with my engineer, Jason Harris. Our music, as always, is by Jonathan Harmon, and I'm your host, Dylan Rory. Today, we're getting into part two of our conversation with Hypatia Lee. We talk about her Native Strength Network, her views on mental health treatment in America, and on medical treatment overall. We also talk a lot about her life in Colorado. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy part two of Hypatia Lee. So, that, you know, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back and you're out. You're done. And so, did you did you have an idea what you were going to do next? I was going to dance for as mm-hmm. long as I could ride that wave. Mm-hmm. I had already started my band, and mm-hmm. I, w- I had already cut my record. You know, was that that was W four I K at that point? Yeah, W euphoric. Yeah. W euphoric. Yeah. Euphoric. <laughs> Twice as euphoric. It's double euphoric. Double euphoric. Oh, yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you two, the you and the two, but right. double euphoric. Yeah, because I was a big okay. YouTube fan and I was stupid. But there you go. <laughs> I know. First band names are always the best. Oh so. my gosh. I, I tell you, I look back and I just cringe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you so you went you continued dancing you were working with your band what it's as I was going through a research for you um, it's you've lived so many lives as you were doing all of that I kind of have a feeling that you kind of always have something going on in your head that this is the next thing I want to try this is the next thing I have in mind to do. So what was buzzing around in your head at that time, even though you were continuing with dancing and music, what else was going on in your head? I was, I was really struggling physically. Mm-hmm. I had so many health problems. I had pneumonia so many times I lost count. And every time I would get a cold, it would develop into a pneumonia. So I knew I had a very weak immune system. Mm-hmm. I had had three knee surgeries and I knew that I, I could not dance anymore. I couldn't do that. So I really wanted to find something. When I had my first son, I had infertility. Nobody bothered to investigate why. Nobody bothered to investigate why I was in the hospital all the time with pneumonia or why I almost froze to death and my thyroid wasn't working. Nobody invest or why I had infertility or why my baby was stillborn. Nobody investigated any or how, why I had three miscarriages. Nobody investigated any of this. I had to figure it out all on my own before the internet. So I turned to my ancestors, my people. I went to a medicine man and I studied with him. Well, first of all, I had a ceremony, a healing ceremony, and I got pregnant. I never had another period. And that was my first healthy son, my first live birth. Instills a lot of confidence in you. Mm-hmm. So, especially when modern science and medicine is kind of said, I don't know, you're on your own. So I went back and I said, I would like to study, you know, with you and, and learn some of these ways. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. So one of the things I did after I stopped, I could not do the band. I could not. It was so much more physically demanding mm-hmm. than dancing on the road, even because it was a different place every night. Mm-hmm. And you would travel by vehicle, not fly, and then have to do sound check 
and then do the show that night and then have to break everything down. And then, oh my gosh, I couldn't do it. Don't forget, you have to argue with the venue about the money. That's right. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's always the last part. Luckily, we didn't have to do that too much, but we did have to wait an exorbitant amount of time to get paid, like sometimes hours. Yeah. So it was ridiculous. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. <laughs> I said, I, I'm too old for this. Mm-hmm. You know? So I went back to study the ways of my ancestors and I learned so much from this particular medicine man that I was almost skeptical. I was like, is this for real? All of this information that I had no no idea of is for real? So I started looking for other medicine men and women and I found some and I studied with them and they were telling me the same stuff. So I'm like, wow. That's very interesting. I didn't know how to package it. I didn't know how to help people with it. I knew I had this body of knowledge, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I started investigating the local people that were native and going to powwows and stuff. Um, I love to powwow dance. I got my own regalia I made and stuff. And I found out about the Lost River Band and I joined. Um, I'm enrolled in the Cherokee Nation and, and they are a Cherokee. Uh, band by nature, but there are other people there as well. There's Lakota and other tribal people there because this is in Southern Indiana, mm-hmm. not a big native community. Yeah. So they're very open-armed, embrace everybody. And I tried to, I tried to share what I had learned, but I didn't know how. I didn't, I had all this knowledge and I didn't know how to, to present it in a way that was digestible. This is going to be just very overwhelming. There's so much. I mean, I'm on the fourth season of Native Strength. And I think I'm like about halfway through all of the things I've learned. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's very in-depth. So I didn't know how to share, but I was having, they elected me Blessed Woman. Uh, I was very honored to be nominated and elected. And as Blessed Woman, I felt a tremendous amount of responsibility this was the creator's way of saying, you got to, you've been blessed with all this knowledge. You got to share it. You got to help save this culture because these people are older. They're going to die. So I tried to share it with the Lost River Band and I did not do as well as I would have liked. They were very um, appreciative and kind and felt like they had, I gave, got the impression that they felt like they had been given a tremendous amount of knowledge, but I knew I hadn't given them a drop compared to what I knew. I just didn't know how. I met with them every weekend for hours on Saturdays and Sundays to try to share this. And they told me the feedback was great, but I knew that there was more to it than I was able to share. So it took me years to think about this and, and digest it in my mind and go over it and try to comprehend what's the best way because it's just like, um, if you're gonna learn math, you start with learning how to count then you start with addition and then subtraction, but there's no starting place with this. I didn't know where to start. So um, I finally figured out that I might have an idea. So I wrote a book and I thought that, that's, that I can build on that. So I wrote four more books. And then I finally realized that nobody reads books anymore. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Well, you know what? I do know how to light a set, dress a set, 
do my makeup and hair, write a script and shoot a video. I can do this. So that's what I started doing the name strength thing. Mm -hmm. So and I with, still don't think I, I explained it correctly. I still don't think I explained it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I look at the first season, I go, nah, nah. But by the time we get into the second season, we are into it both feet and it's like sink or swim. You get what I'm saying or you don't. Yeah. And I think at some point it's kind of like immersion when you're learning a new language you kind of have to be immersed in it before it makes sense. Because when I just break it down to this is what the wheel of life, the first basic medicine wheel is all about. It's like, that's boring. <laughs> you know? So you had, you'd already had experience in the culture with your grandmother. I know uh, growing up, did she had taught you to speak some Cherokee? Yes. At the time? Mm -hmm. And so you, that was part of your consciousness, I'm sure, that that culture that was in your background and your heritage. When you started really getting deeper into it and exploring it like that, was it, I, I, I think the word spiritual has, just gets thrown around too much, but I can't think of a better one for it. It was did an it, enlightenment experience. It enlightened me. Did you feel that you were closer with your grandmother even though maybe physically you were further apart but you were starting to kind of feel that closeness um I, I can't think of a good analogy other than maybe like when you as as you grow up and have your own kids you start to appreciate what your parents went through you know raising you and so on was it sort of like that same kind of feeling I wish I could say yes <clears throat> but no there's a lot of cultural generational trauma my great-grandma Lee um, was very embarrassed about her being Native. She used to mix up a paste with Johnson's baby powder and put it on her hands and arms and face to pass for white because in her day, she could be taken back to the reservation. She was in Indiana um, the, before the Trail of Tears. Four different bands knew what was going to happen. It was pretty obvious that it was imminent. And they went on their own, four different groups of families of people in different places. And they settled different places in Tennessee and Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Mm -hmm. So that's where my heritage comes from. So she hid as much as she could who she was. And she, of course, passed that on to her children. So mm -hmm. my grandmother had never been taught any of the traditional ways. She knew who she was and she knew some of the language, but she did not know any of the culture, so to speak. So when I was in high school, is when I first got interested in the culture. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to know more. And she said, I'm sorry, I don't know anymore. So I found in the newspaper, the Native American Brotherhood Council was meeting every week. And we got with them and it's an intertribal type thing. And I, that's a, something that I'd like to make a point of. There are over 500 different tribes in what we call United States. But nowadays, because of the things that have happened over the centuries and stuff, or over the several, you know, couple hundred years, basically, it's, it, those cultures have pretty much been eradicated. And all that we have left is a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this culture and a little bit of that culture. So because of the powwows are intertribal, they, they embrace everybody. It's not just a Lakota tribe, uh, 
powwow or a Cherokee powwow. All nations are welcome to the powwows. There was a lot of intertribal communication and acceptance of our ways. So when we went to the Indian Brotherhood Council, it was an intertribal thing. And there were a lot of people from Potawatomi, and Lakota, and all kinds of different tribes, Miami. And we learned the new culture, which is the intertribal culture. So I learned a lot of Lakota stuff. Native strength encompasses Lakota, as well as Mayan teachings, and of course, Cherokee. But um, nowadays, so much has been lost because of the the boarding school trauma you probably heard in the news recently in Canada about the boarding mm -hmm. schools. More children in the United States that went to those Native American boarding schools are buried in graveyards in the backyard than graduated. Yeah, it's a. It was a way to erase our culture. horrifying story. Yeah, it's a horrifying story. I hear so many horror <laughs> stories from people on Twitter and on my channel and stuff, recounting what their ancestors had gone through at boarding schools, people whose fathers won't even talk about it. It was, it was so traumatizing. Um, so a lot of this culture obviously was lost. So what has been retained, when I wrote the books, before I wrote them, I called to several of the, the people that I had studied with, because it had been years to see if this was okay, if there was any um, cultural, you know, no-nos, <laughs> so to speak, mm -hmm. that I, I shouldn't be sharing this or I shouldn't be sharing that. They were almost all dead. Wow. They had died of natural causes because they were elders. So I was struck right in the head with, you got to do this now because you got to preserve this culture. The elders are dying. You're not getting any younger. I've got a major life-threatening health condition. You could go any minute. You got to share this information now, not this evening, now. So I don't know if you saw the movie Lucy. It's kind of a sci-fi thing with Morgan Freeman. And uh, I think, I can't remember. I know I know what it is, but I don't think I've seen it. Isn't it like a, is it a robot girl or something? No, she is captured of? by drug smugglers. And they um, surgically placed in this new. Oh, drug. they put an implant in her or something. That she in can her fight really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets all this super intelligence. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. She knows she's going to die, so she seeks out Morgan Freeman, who has written these books about the purpose of knowledge, and he says the purpose of knowledge is to share it. So she said, "Okay, I got to do a dump. I know all these things. I've figured out all of these mathematical equations. All these." physics complicated things that nobody has got the answers to yet i'm dying we got to get it, this dumped out now i got to share this so morgan freeman helps her dump this information so i got to do a lucy mind dump <laughs> yeah. it's a prolific uh, youtube channel for listeners you need to seek it out there uh i we were remarking earlier we were on it uh you uh, you had a video that you put up today um, almost daily you're putting content out um, and I don't know how many it goes deep but um, you're up to almost 300 of your random ram, random ramblings I believe you call them <laughs> yes those are my standard fodder I try to put at least five out a week Monday through Friday and then of course I have I have 11 different playlists I yes. have the native strength full episodes I have music videos um, from 
people that have never been heard of all the way up to Robert Fleischman, who wrote Wheel in the Sky. Mm -hmm. for and I've got uh, wildlife I, in Colorado. The wildlife is amazing. It's just phenomenal. So I've got a lot of wildlife videos. Um, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the people and Native Americans. I enjoyed the deers doing Lady and the Tramp. Oh, I'm glad you. I really that. like that. <laughs> they love my bird feeder. My bird feeder brings all the deer to the yard. My bird feeder is better than yours. Yeah, <laughs> they like my bird feeder. But um, and then I've got uh, Star People and Native Americans, which is true stories about Native Americans and people on the reservation who have encountered aliens star people mm -hmm. extraterrestrials and that includes sasquatches and stuff mm -hmm. like so i i know you i i heard you say in interviews you ended up in colorado via and i i love this via gigolos on hbo <laughs> <laughs> in a roundabout way in a roundabout way because it led that yeah. kind of that kind of got you'd been in negotiations with high times to write a column for them and they were kind of waffling and then you did that appearance and they pulled the trigger and said yeah get in here and that got you out to colorado yeah, yeah. that's uh so um on in high times your column was a it was a question answer column you were yeah. kind of like a, let's ask hypatia <laughs> how long did you do that five years five years I, I've been reading through them and doing research for you. It's it, it delights me just seeing some of the questions that come through. It's just like, <laughs> I love that there's a place where people can go and ask these things because it's not something you're going to ask your friends about most of the time. Oh, that's so <laughs> true. Yeah. You, would you wouldn't believe some of the questions I got that I didn't put in the column. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember any? <laughs> uh, gosh, that was like... Six or seven years ago. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't it's been a minute. That's okay. Yeah. But when I first came out to Colorado, I asked the, the uh, editor of High Times, I said, You wouldn't happen to know any bros out there that need some help, would you? He said, Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. So he called up and got me a job. And so I worked at a grow for about five years. Actually. Yeah. What was that experience like? I wrote a movie about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a sci-fi movie, so there's a lot of embellishment there. You yeah. know? Uh, obviously, there was no sci-fi activity. Out here. I think Julie's reading it right now. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> but a lot of the things, the characters, are directly taken from people I worked with. And, you know, I just put them in different scenarios, but it was like such a unique cast of characters. I'm like, I got to write a book about this or something. <laughs> I spit. That's it. I spit. <laughs> and we'll throw in a little sci-fi for, for seasoning. <laughs> what did you do there? I was a grower. grower. Okay. So yeah. You... So I fertilized plants. I transplanted plants. I trimmed plants. I did cloning. Wow. So you got into the all that gardeny stuff that I don't understand at all. I think your oh, cat's I coming to garden. visit. I've always been into gardening. Hi, kitty. What's your cat's name? Lucia. Lucia? It's from the, yeah, it's from the Aria in La Boheme. Yeah. I've always called Mimi, but my name is Lucia. That was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Here, baby, come say hi. Say Hello, hi. Lucia. Uh, I'd show you Gizmo, but she would bite my face off if I tried to pick her up. 
So I know one of the things that um, you wanted to do with the Native Strength Network is address mental health issues. And yes. I think that is so important. It's something that it's, it's important to me. I've had my own struggles. Um, and what led you toward looking for alternatives to mental health help? Well, I think everybody struggles with mental health. There isn't a human being alive who isn't older than a few years who hasn't experienced sadness, grief, stress, anxiety, trauma. Well, this is natural experiences in life. And when I studied with these medicine men and women, that was the main thing I studied. They talked about how your emotions control your body. Your body is in your mind. So what you think has a tremendous amount of influence on your body. Now, obviously there are limits to that. If you've had an amputation and you think you've still got a leg, no, you don't. Sorry, you can't grow back a leg. There are limitations. But in many instances, your body is in your mind. So if you can control your mind, you can control your body at least better. There are people that can do amazing things with their mind. Um, there's a guy that can climb mountains in his underwear and doesn't freeze. There's a guy that heals tumors in Japan. And it's scientifically proven because you look on the MRI, you see the tumor. He spends a few hours with this guy. And the next day they go back, the tumor's gone. So there are people that can do, there's people that can boil water with their hands. So there are people that can do tremendous things and they've been tested and these are not the scam artists as there are many of those, no doubt. But obviously we haven't tapped into all of our brain power yet. Scientists will tell you we can, we only use a fraction of our brain power. So I was trying to learn more about the mental health thing, obviously, as you touched on, I went through trauma in Florida with my stepfather. Mm -hmm. So obviously I had some PTSD to deal with. I was having health issues. I was having miscarriages and didn't know why, what was going on. Well, it turns out in the long run, 40 years later, we find out it's all related. Who knew? But uh, <laughs> like I said, the body is in the mind. So if you control the body, this I know this is on audio, but... Somewhere I've got a chart here that shows you, there you go, all of the hormones and the chemical composition that make up the particular emotion. Hmm. I'll send this to you an email. Please, please do. No Thank you. No problem. So if you can control these hormones, you control your emotions. If you get rid of cortisol, first of all, if you get rid of it completely, you die you know that because my body does not make cortisol. Right. But um, if you have- And you're allergic, you're allergic to it as well. The, I'm allergic the, to the hydrocortisone. hydrocortisone. And I'm allergic yeah. to the, I cannot tolerate the prednisone. I get anaphylaxis with hydrocortisone, but I cannot Yikes. tolerate prednisone. So I take the dexamethasone to stay alive. But uh, if you get too much of that, that steroid, I can guarantee you, you're not going to feel good at all. You're going to be stressed, you're going to be angry at every little thing. Why is the sky blue? You know, it's just mm -hmm. you're right. mad because that's the hormones rushing through your body, and that's what causes these emotions. So if you can control your body, if you have a working pituitary gland and a working hypothalamus, 
you can control that feedback loop in your brain that calms those hormones down, stress is gone, those other things calm down, and I wouldn't say gone, it's reduced. Those other things are better because you're controlling the hormones. You have an understanding of where this comes from and you can do certain things with your mind. Your inner dialogue, I think, is probably the most important part. I think if I would start over again with Native Strength, the first season, I wouldn't start with uh, the Wheel of Life. I would spend more time focusing on the inner dialogue. And I did do one full episode, the first episode, the Tree of, the tree of uh, Flowering Tree, about the inner dialogue, but I think if you don't have that inner dialogue down just right, knowing about the inner children, the inner adults and the inner elders and the hierarchy and which ones you should listen to and which ones you should ignore and at what times each one of them is important and should be listened to and you haven't assigned the hierarchy in your mind, oh, you're the inner elder male. You usually know what's right when you tell me there's something wrong with my body. I should listen to you, you know? So what, what kind of training have you been doing to learn how to harness that, how to, how to pull all of that in and, and control that for yourself? The native strength path, <clears throat> um, the inner dialogue with the, the six inner personas, the children, the elders, and the adults. We have male and female of each. And then we have these fear feeders and most people listen to the fear feeders. These are voices in your head that just feed on your fears. They'll tell you things that do no good. No good can come of their voice other than to feed your fear. They don't. I, I, call, it, I call it storytelling. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or you have this, ah, no wonder I lost. I wasn't good enough. No, other people were better. <laughs> other people practiced harder. Other people had better opportunities to learn than you. <laughs> Not that you weren't good enough. <laughs> there were circumstances possibly beyond your control, you know? So it's all about that inner dialogue to get rid of those fear feeder voices. And then once you silence them, and the only way to silence them is not to have complete silence. A lot of people think when you're meditating or you're mindful, it's about making your inner mind silent. That's not really going to happen very long. Right. It might happen for a few minutes here and there, but thoughts will creep in. So if they're a negative thought, if they're a fear feeder voice, I'm not going to be able to pay the mortgage. I'm not going to be able to do this. You shut that off by listening to a different voice. Not by just saying, I want silence. That's probably not going to work. You want to listen to something more intelligent, like your inner elders saying, now look, You've always been able to make the mortgage. There's no reason to worry about it. Creator's got your back. Something's going to work out. It's going to be fine. Just don't worry about it because nothing can benefit from worrying about it. If you make it or you don't, it is. It just is. Stressing about it isn't going to produce money. It's going to be a detriment to your body. So there's no good that can come of thinking of that. So let's think of something more nice. Isn't it nice out today? Look at the pretty sky. There's hardly a cloud in it. Wow, the jasmine's in bloom. Isn't that nice? Smell it. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit like Buddhism where when you don't engage those thoughts, instead you, you engage in the present. What is happening in this moment? Is it kind of like that? Yeah, but if you engage in the present, that could not necessarily be a good place either. If you're in a position of stress, if my car just broke down, I'm stranded on the side of the road. What am I gonna do? Now calm down. This has happened before, not only to you, but to others and they've survived. 
you have AAA. Call AAA. <laughs> it's okay. And while you're waiting, smoke a doobie. It passes time and it'll calm you down. And when they get here, you'll be in a good mood and it'll be fine. So sometimes you have to take yourself out of that situation and, and do what's called the warrior presents fire where you move your assemblage point down. And that's a whole different teaching. It's kind of like um, when you tune in a radio to a station, you get that frequency, you hear that clearly. If you're off that station or in between stations, you get static. Well, our assemblage point is what connects us to positivity and the creator. So if our assemblage point is up over here, it's in between stations and we feel lost and helpless and alone and don't know what we should do next. So we focus with our breath, moving that back over and down to our navel. And by breathing, imagining breathing through your navel mm -hmm. and all of this energy going to your navel you kind of slow your breath a little bit which helps physiologically to calm you down and then you are more in tune with what you should do what the creator wants you to do what your inner elders are telling you to do to survive the situation so has and obviously this has been something you've been practicing now for a while oh was, for since 1987 yeah and it's it's showing that it's been helpful for you and it has worked for you so as you're as you've been putting it out to the world now have you been getting feedback from people on it i can't believe how positive the feedback has been um on youtube you open yourself up same thing with twitter it's social mm -hmm. media you yeah. open yourself to all kinds of naysayers and people that are going to throw all kinds of hands full of, of negativity in your direction. And indeed, I have had that. I expected sure. it. I expected it would be 50-50, maybe even a little more negative than positive because of my past. Mm -hmm. I have really been shocked. It's probably, oh, it's under 5% negativity. It really is. And, and um, I'm very grateful for that. I have to take a break. You know what? I've taken so much of your time. We can go ahead. And no, wrap I don't mind talking some more, but I have diabetes insipidus, which means I don't make antidiuretic hormone. So yeah. I have to pee frequently. So I have to visit the little girl's room. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I, will, I will not keep you much longer. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> So, um, so, so we were talking then a little bit about um, with with the feedback you've been getting. It's been very positive, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and you've got, I think you're coming up on 9,000 followers on YouTube now. I yes. checked, I checked uh, just before uh, we started. Um, and with those, are you getting a lot of um, queries about, you know, where can I go learn this or you know, do you have people asking for that? And is that something that you're looking at in the future, building something concrete where people can actually go and start learning these things? Well, I have three courses on Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. And then I have just completed a course for um, Listenable. Okay. It's like Audible, What's... Audible, but it's Listenable. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I am just... thinking about doing some more right now. I'm struggling to keep up with my health. Mm -hmm. I've been struggling with the shingles for almost eight weeks. 
That's awful. And, I'm so and it's, sorry. Um, shingles without blisters. It's in my head. It goes from my ear to my neck to my eye. Oh. Flashes of light out of my eye. I get the ringing in my ears. I'm dizzy. It's miserable. It goes from miserable to absolutely kill me now. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm taking massive quantities of antivirals, which I'm taking so much it's not good for my liver, but you can have a stroke and die from it when it's in your head. And you can go, the number one reason for corneal transplant is blindness from shingles. Really? Yeah. I and have I have no it in my idea. eye. So I'm kind of concerned. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if that's... I had more time, if I had more health, I could do so much more. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I would really like to do more lessons on Udemy and uh, Listenable, but definitely Udemy. I really like their platform. The way it's set up makes it uh, much easier to write courses. And then, of course, I'm trying to do the native strength, trying to keep up with that, um, trying to keep up with the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I'm also working on another book, which is a conglomeration of all of the uh, native strength episodes, basically, because the first five books from the native strength series only take you to a little bit into the second season of Native Strength. Okay. So there's so much more there that I've already written because it's in script form. Right, right. It'd be pretty easy to, to just put it into prose. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. I love that you're still working and you've got things going. That's fantastic. Well, it's a calling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my purpose in life is to keep this culture alive and to help people. Yeah. Because I... I know the Native Strength Path helps people. There isn't anybody who has sincerely opened their mind and tried to follow the path without any perceived, this isn't going to work, or I don't believe in this crap stuff in the back of their head. Right. If you approach it with an open mind. I have yet to see anybody that this does not work for. And with all my problems, it worked for me. And my problem is a non-functioning pituitary gland. I basically don't have a pituitary gland. It doesn't do anything that might not even be there. Uh, might as well not be. It's not only atrophied, it's concaved. And the pituitary gland is the master gland. It's the gland that's responsible for all of these emotions. Mm -hmm. So the reason I was having so many problems uh, when I talked about my childhood and the secret lives of Hyapatia Lee is all of my pituitary gland was in the process of dying. So all of these hormones were being excreted willy nilly, you mm -hmm. know, with no apparent reason. So just like I showed you on the chart, I get all of these, you know, different things floating around in my head for no reason. And I'd react because I had the hormones in my body. And so I'd be angry or sad or stressed or hysterical. And there'd be no external cause for it. So yeah, it looked like you're nuts. It looked like right. craziness, you know? So mm -hmm. the doctors, they didn't ex explore. They didn't do any tests. They didn't even try to figure it out. They just said, oh, you, you need to go to a psychiatrist. So I went to the psychiatrists, you know? Yeah. And I was very disappointed <clears throat> that they didn't have any more tools other than just give me drugs or sit down and tell me, you know, sit, talk to me, tell me what happened in your life. I really don't want to relive it. It's re-traumatizing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably not a good idea. And then you tell them what happened and they don't have any words that's going to make it all better. They don't yeah. have anything to say, any magic wand to wave to make all these emotions go away or make you be able to deal with the painful past any better. Mm 
So I was very disappointed in that. And then when I found out what really was wrong with me, I got angry. I'm furious right now. I am furious at the American medical community. To find out that's what's going on. The way the system is working. Maybe not the way it was designed to work, but the way it's working, the person that graduates last in his class or her class is called doctor. And I happen to be meeting all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. uh... Uh, So when I had hypothermia, I had gone to a a Christmas meeting of some of my old theater friends up in Mm -hmm. Indianapolis with uh, Sue Hours was hosting. I know Sue. I thought you might. That's why I mentioned her name. Yeah. Steve Hollenbeck. Steve Steve Hollenbeck. Yes. I love Steve Hollenbeck. I have to. I have to tell you. So when I posted that we would be talking, people were coming out of the woodwork telling stories that oh. One one friend. Oh, she she came and did a class at a club where I danced at, and she was the sweetest person in the world. How and nice! All of them across the board, sweetest person in the world. I did a show with her, Footlight Civic somewhere, sweetest person in the world, just all across the board. Wow, <laughs> that tell you that earlier on, but I made I made sure to tell you someone to make sure Thank to tell you, you that. Absolutely. That means the world to me. That really does. That really does. That means a lot. Thank you. And thank you all my dear friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. I am I am sorry to hear that. I, my own experience with therapy has been very positive. Um, it's I've only been doing it for a couple of years. Um, and it was for a, a lot of, uh, I was dealing with grief and PTSD uh, uh, due to losing my wife. And um, it it took me a while to kind of get in the groove of it, but it did, it, it is working for me. But like you say, sometimes it's not psychological. Sometimes there's something physiological going on that is causing this problem, a chemical imbalance of some sort that is causing this problem. And without the proper people telling you this, I'm sure it's a nightmare. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, that's devastating. I know. I just lost a the closest thing I had to a boyfriend from cancer earlier this year. So I yeah, Julie, Julie had let me know that. I'm sorry to hear so that. I, I understand. I'm very sorry. Not understand because I wasn't as close as you were. But oh, of course. But and I'm glad that the therapy is helping for you. I'm glad that helped. Yeah. But. Um, for my situation, and I, I think the main thing is it depends on who you talk to. If you've got a good therapist, they're worth gold. They're worth their weight in gold. She was the third one. The one I have now, it took me, it took me three times to get to one that was right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah, there's some of them that you want to say, this is malpractice. <laughs> You're making it worse. <laughs> but I was doing, I went up to that uh, thing for Christmas. With all my yeah. theater friends, where Sue Hours was doing the little singing thing and 12 Days of Christmas and all that. And a dear friend of mine walked me to my car. And as I got to my car, I'm, like, I'm really, really cold. I gotta get in. I'm sorry. So I got in my car, I turned it up full heat. I was wearing a coat. I had a long sleeve sweatshirt on, fully dressed. I wasn't in a, some mini skirt and a halter top or anything. I could not get warm. I could not get warm. I mean, it was bad. Migraine headache, throwing up. I couldn't drive. It was so bad. I had to take an ambulance less than one mile wow. to Methodist Hospital. Yeah, I could drive. 
So at the hospital, they said, this is hypothermia. Took them forever. They accused me of drinking alcohol. I'm not a drinker. I'm a smoker of pot, not a drinker of alcohol. I trust God, not man. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it took them 45 minutes to do it, but they finally tested my thyroid and it wasn't working at all. So, so they should have found, done a more exploratory, why isn't your thyroid working? But they didn't, nobody ever did. So I went back to my therapist, my psychiatrist actually. And I said, I was just in the hospital because I had hypothermia. My thyroid doesn't work. He said, oh, excuse me a second. He stepped out of his office, went into the other room and said, no wonder everything I throw at her doesn't work. No wonder I can't help her. Her thyroid doesn't work. Zilch, not a nothing. I apologize. Now, you were saying your thyroid doesn't work? Turns out that's integral for your emotional health. And if it doesn't work, there's nothing I can give you that's going to make it better. You need your thyroid hormone. That will make it better. And it did. And that was after how many years? Um, well, it actually took 40 years to get mm -hmm. the proper diagnosis, which was panhypopituitarism, no pituitary gland function at all, which mm -hmm. is why the thyroid wasn't working. It's part right. of the endocrine system. My entire endocrine system is mm -hmm. not working. So we're replacing five different hormones to keep me alive. And thyroid right. is just one of them. So as, as horrifying to realize as that is, was it also feeling like a little bit of a, I can breathe a little bit now. It's like, well, no wonder. No yeah. wonder, you guys. Yeah. No wonder. Especially when I found out about the pituitary gland. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no wonder, everybody. You expected me to act like a perfectly healthy person when my major, most important gland in my body that makes the entire endocrine system work doesn't function. Just said, no, nope, I'm out. I have yeah. brain damage, you guys. Seriously, the yeah. pituitary gland is in the brain. The hypothalamus works with it. Neither of those work in my body. I have brain damage. And you've been expecting me to act normal? Oh, I could have cried. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But you people have put me through unknowingly. Yeah. What you expected out of me. And I tried to deliver. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. I understand. <laughs> it's okay. I tried so hard to be normal. Now I knew why I couldn't be. That makes you want to go back to everybody who gave you shit. Say, this is right? why, this is why, this is why. Well, no wonder I did. It's like asking somebody with no legs to walk. Yeah, yeah. So when you... As we said, you know, the, you you finally feel like I've got an answer now. It's it's not that I'm abnormal. It's not that there's something wrong with me. It's physiological. That I've I've had a similar experience, and so so to get that feeling in that moment, how much did that change? For you, aside from all the medical stuff you knew you were going to you were going to be facing, taking all of that out of the equation. Yeah, that was overwhelming. How, <laughs> how much did that change though your outlook on what you wanted to do with the rest of your life? I knew I had no time, basically, that I had to do it now. That um 
putting it off for a rainy day was no longer an option. That rainy day is here. You've mm -hmm. got to share that information now. All the elders have died. You're not a spring chicken. You've got this condition. There are four different ways you could die from this condition if you don't take your medicine just right every single day. So I got on the ball as best I could to try to help the world and share what I knew and preserve my culture. Those are my reasons for living. Help the rest of the world with what I know and share my culture and keep it alive. You know, in this entire talk, everything that you've talked to me about this entire time, it, you've given me the impression through this talk that you felt like you had to do it today I because did. you didn't have the time. Yeah. And so, and I know that. I think that's a, I think that's a wonderful thing, though. I think that's a, I love that about you. Thank you. Um, you know, we we've, we've talked for a while. I don't want to keep you any longer. I thank you so much for this. I've thank had a you. wonderful time thank talking. Thank you for this to you. opportunity. I of really course, of that. course. There you go, part two of Hypatia Lee. Interesting lady, fascinating life, uh, lives. Actually, it seems like. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, let's see, week after next, part one of our conversation with Jack Hill. He is a fascinating dude and, of course, a cult legend. Hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope as you're out and about, you're taking care to be safe and to keep others safe. And if you do go out, please remember to take care of your servers because at the Walter Paisley Movie House, we don't piss on hospitality. Take care, kids.